of Psalms chapter 50. Psalms chapter 50. Hallelujah. Amen. Say amen when you get it. Amen. Hallelujah. Almost. All right. All right. Amen. Psalm chapter 50, verse 7 through verse 14. 7 through 14. Hear, O my people, and I will speak, O Israel, and I will testify against thee. I am God, even thy God. I will not reprove thee for thy sacrifices or thy burnt offerings to have been continually before me. I will take no bullock out of thy house, nor he goats out of the folds. For every beast of the forest is mine, and the cattle upon a thousand hills. I know all the fowls of the mountains, and the wild beasts of the field are mine. Are mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell thee, for the world is mine, and the fullness thereof. Will I eat the flesh of bulls, or drink the blood of goats? Offer unto God thanksgiving, and pay thou vows unto the Most High. Amen. Hallelujah. We are in this season of thanksgiving. Amen. Hallelujah. And it's such a wonderful time of the year for all of us, and I love this time of the year as the seasons are changing from one to the other, and there's just that, that, that spirit of festiveness in the air and, and anticipation uh, uh, when we have time with family and, and, and friends and we can come together and we fellowship together and eat together and just enjoy, enjoy one another's company. So this morning, thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. I've been blessed to be out and, and to go in and out uh, every day. Everywhere, every day. And I've encountered just so many people you know, in my going outs and our comings in. Thanksgiving, and I have observed some things here. All of us are parents, uh, grandparents, uh, godparents. Uh, you know, we, we, we are role models for, for our young people and for our children, and, and, and one of the things that, that, that Ethan and I have developed here, uh, here lately uh, throughout the course of the day is just saying to each other, bless the name of the Lord. He'll say, bless the name of the Lord, Pop. Bless the name of the Lord, Ethan. Praise God. And so we do that. I think I was doing that, you know, in the house one day, and he just happened, he was, when he was there, and he happened to be listening, and he said, bless the name, and we just kind of picked it up from there and, and, and just started doing that. Every time we just think about the Lord, and we, we have uh, uh, the occasion, and, and it is our habit to say that to one another. But we as parents, some of the things that we teach our children is to, is to say thank you, do we not? Yes. But I have observed that that does not always work. Right. I was out shopping recently. Uh, I was in a store and there was a mother and a young son who were uh, in the line in front of me. And when the cashier completed her transaction with this parent and, and, and the young boy, uh, the cashier handed this young boy a, a piece of candy. And the mother said, well, what do you say to this nice person? Mm -hmm. The mother said to her son, and the little boy very quickly said, charge it! 
Hey, that's the truth, huh? Charge it, charge it, charge it, charge it, charge it. But the word thank you in our vocabulary is, is, is lacking at times. Not only amongst our young people, but also amongst society in general, including adults. Some people are just so focused in and locked in on the things that they're doing and, and, and you hold the door for them and sometimes they just, they just walk right out or, you know, they're just so busy looking at their, their cell phone and, or, or texting and all of that and they don't acknowledge a thank you. And as I was thinking about that, I said, I want, you know how that makes me feel at times, but I wonder how that makes our Lord feel when we don't say thank you to him. So this week's holiday is when all of us, when we officially remind ourselves to say thank you and to be grateful and to acknowledge all of our blessings. But just like that mother and that son on that day, uh, uh, too often even between us, people of God, we often misunderstand the meaning of giving thanks. We just read it here in verse 14. Offer unto God thanksgiving. Offer unto God thanksgiving. Now the writer of this particular psalm here in 50 uh, shows us that God is trying to teach his people the meaning of giving thanks. Just when these people, when the children of Israel, when they were presenting their, their sacrifices on the altar, God stopped them in their actions. In fact, what he said here, he says, listen, I don't need your bulls and, 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 and those sacrifices from your stall. Uh, uh, I don't require goats from your herds. And if I were hungry, listen, guess what? I wouldn't even bother to tell you. I own the cattle on a thousand hills. And, 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 but you know what? You don't own anything. And then he goes on and he kind of closes it out. He says, this whole world is mine. Ah. Uh, well, I guess that's all tongue-in-cheek is what I'm trying to say and I'm trying to do here this morning. But then God goes on to make his point. And, and what he says here is, what I want from you is a, and I'm putting in quotes here, a sacrifice of thanksgiving. A sacrifice of thanksgiving. Because look, if that's what you're bringing to me, that's all well and good. But you know what? It isn't enough. And if that's the case, then you just go right on and you take your sacrifice off my altar. Can you imagine the Lord saying that? Can you imagine God saying that to you? Listen, if this is all you got, well, a little one said, well, a little guy says, that's all I got. When he's, when he's wriggled you and spellbound you with his knowledge and, and the, the wisdom that he has at such, an, at such an early age and you're just waiting for more, then he'll look and say, well, that's all I got. And God says to us, if that's all you got, then you just go ahead and take this stuff off my altar. Just take it off. It's useless. It's worth it. Worthless. It has no value. Just take it off my altar. 
take it off my altar. But here in verse 14, it says, uh, quite simply, offer to God thanksgiving. Offering to God thanksgiving is something that not all believers are willing to do or to make. They are not willing to make that sacrifice of telling God to thank you. Why is that so? Because sacrifices cost all of us something. Yes. You've said it to your children. You've heard uh, your parents say it to you. Well, if I have to make this sacrifice, you better appreciate it. Sacrifices aren't just some casual, laissez-faire, run-of-the-mill affair, something that we just do. A sacrifice of thanksgiving means much more than just a, thank you, Lord, please pass the jelly. Oh, thank you, thank you, God, I, I, I really do appreciate it. A sacrifice, again, of thanksgiving cost all of us something. And I was thinking about this this week. I was thinking that if we were to make a sacrifice of thanksgiving to God, what would it look like? What would that sacrifice to God look like? Well, my guess is that it might mean that we give thanks to God even when we don't see the visible, physical, tangible manifestation of his hand moving in our lives. It's easy to tell the Lord, thank you, when you see it, when you can touch it. You can feel it. You can use it, and you have it within your possession. But in those times of uncertainty, in those times when your faith starts to waver and, 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 and you just don't quite see what you've been standing and believing God for, can you still tell God, thank you? Thank you is an affirmation that God, you did it again. That's right. Even if I don't see it. In fact, Lord, you did it for me way back on the cross of Calvary. And I know that because you provided it for me on your finished works of the cross of Calvary, Lord, I'm just thanking you for it right now. I was recently engaged in a conversation with a gentleman who wanted me to answer his questions about God. And, and he told me, he said, he says, you know, I'm, I'm really considering becoming a believer. And, and I got really excited. And he said, but he needed to feel uh, completely safe in his decision. <laughs> uh-huh. And he said to me, well, you know, if, 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 if only I could get my doubts removed, then perhaps I'd be able to trust God and find the security for what I'm looking for. And what I'm looking for, there are a whole lot of people of God like that who say they believe God, who say they trust God until it's really time to believe God or really time to trust God. I was talking to somebody on last week, you know, and we were engaged in this conversation about, uh, you know, some different things, and, and, and they, we were talking about faith, and I said, yeah, you know, brother, that's really true. You know, I said, hey, everybody believes God. You walk out there in the middle of the street right now, stop a car and say, do you believe God? Oh, yeah, I believe God. Until it's really time for them to believe God, and then the story kind of changed. Well, you know, 
If we believe God, then we will offer that sacrifice of thanksgiving to him no matter what it looks like, no matter what it feels like. So in my conversation with this, with this gentleman, I told him that salvation, brother, was just not about feeling safe. Mm -hmm. Salvation is about knowing Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Sometimes, just because we are, we are bombarded by negativity in this world, we see it, we, we, we read it, we hear it, you get it uh, that pops up in, in, in the form of uh, news flashes or, or just those little news blurbs on, on, on your cell phones and on your smartphones and all of that. And it really does breed uncertainty in the lives of people of God. Sometimes you have to fight the feeling of not being saved. But God is God. And he has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. That's why I love Psalm 91. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I mean, if we just stay in the presence of the Lord and we dwell in that secret place, we just stay tucked up right up underneath. They just... Get up underneath this wing right here. Get up underneath that wing right there, and everything's going to be all right. Either you just get up under the wing of the Lord there. Get up under that wing and let him protect you, and you'll feel safe. Safety and salvation is knowing that wherever the Lord leads us, we will follow him. Even people that know Jesus and that follow Jesus at times may themselves at one time or another may be in unsafe conditions. There's a difference between being in an unsafe condition and, or feeling unsafe. Perhaps that is part of your job description. You go into places and you, 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 you deal with people that, uh, you know, probably are, are, are not safe and secure for, for whatever reasons it may be. And perhaps maybe that feels, makes you feel a little bit unsafe. But the blood of Jesus, it is the blood of Jesus. His presence, his blood covers us. His presence is always with us. Hallelujah, no matter what you're doing and no matter where you're, but don't go out there and be no fool now. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 5, verse 10 through 12. And I'm going to be reading this to you from the new uh, revised standard version. We don't have those scriptures, all of our uh, media department. They are coordinating with uh, uh, those that will be uh, in, the, in the play on uh, the 23rd of December, and so we're just kind of left to our own devices this morning. <laughs> Matthew chapter 5, verse 10 through 12. New standard reverse. But let me, let me, Matthew chapter 5, and I'm going to, let me read it to you here in the uh, King James, and also everybody's got their King James and probably have it amplified. So let me read that to both, uh, in both of those. The King James and the amplified. Matthew chapter 5, verse 10. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. 
Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Reading in the Amplified Bible, blessed, hungry. Excuse me, blessed, I am hungry though. Freudian slip, slip, praise the name of the Lord. Blessed, happy to be envied and spiritually prosperous with life, joy, and satisfaction in God's favor and salvation. Regardless of their outward conditions are the merciful for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed, happy, enviably, fortunate, and spiritually prosperous. Possessing the happiness produced by the experience of God's favor and especially conditioned by the revelation of his grace, regardless of their outward conditions, are the pure in heart for they shall see God. Blessed, enjoying enviable happiness, spiritually prosperous with life, joy, and satisfaction in God's favor and salvation, regardless of their outward conditions, are the makers and the maintainers of peace, for they shall be called, hallelujah, the sons of God, blessed and happy and enviably fortunate and spiritually prosperous in the state in which the born-again child of God enjoys and finds satisfaction in God's favor and salvation regardless of his outward conditions, are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for being and doing right, for theirs is the kingdom, the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are we? Yes, I say absolutely. Safe are we? Yes, absolutely. So most of us aren't facing any outright persecution, are we not? Thank God for that. But we can, we may experience struggles and setbacks or even less than optimal situations that may appear, listen to me, that may appear to threaten our peace of mind. That is the devil's job. He is a deceiver. He is a thief. The thief cometh not but to... For to steal, to kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, but I am come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Don't let the devil steal your peace of mind. Battleground of the mind is right up here. And if he can get inside your head. He can wreak all kinds of havoc in your life. Not only for you, but for your family. That's why you need to have the mind of Christ and keep your mind stayed on the Lord. But when you have a philosophy that has been molded by the word of God, people of God, and you let the word of God be the final authority in your life, and if you are rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as he have been taught, the Holy Ghost is our teacher. He leads and guides us into all truth. And we would follow his direction in our lives. And as long as we stay rooted and grounded and build up when it comes to the word of God, that's why the study of the scripture and the study of the word of God is so important for us. 
Our philosophy, and we've been talking about this in our Wednesday night Bible study, I'm not plugging that, but uh, it is philosophy is our way of thinking. And everybody has a philosophy. Every one of us in here today have a philosophy. You say, well, I don't have a philosophy. Well, guess what? If you don't have a philosophy, then you, then you have a philosophy. That's right. What are you thinking? What are you thinking? What are you saying? Does your life demonstrate what you think? what you believe, and what you say. Philosophy. So he says then if we are built up and in, in, in rooted and grounded and built up in him and established in the faith as we have been taught, then I love this is what he says here in Colossians chapter 2 verse 7. Then he says you can abound therein with thanksgiving. If you're established on the word. You know we always, here's, a, here's a, an expression that we all use from time. Oh, I got this. Or if we know we don't have it, we say to somebody else, hey, you got that? And they look at it, no, I thought you had it. No, I don't have it. You got that? Nobody's got it. When you can do all that and be established on that firm foundation of the word of God, then you can have thanksgiving and give thanksgiving to God because you know that 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 you know no matter what happens you got the Lord who is on your side hallelujah so when we offer God a thankful heart in the midst of problematic events I believe that we are offering God a sacrifice of thanksgiving. So giving thanksgiving in the midst of negative circumstances confuses the devil. But it also assures us of the victory. And if there's one thing that we want to do in our lives, we want to make sure that we don't give any place to the devil. That's why we resist him. We submit ourselves to God. And when we do, then he will flee from us. So if you have to, people of God, you just need to put your ego on the altar and tell the Lord, thank you right now. Something other DeVita said, and it's been, it's, it's, it's been a, a, a long time, ego. She was talking about ego, 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 E-G-O, edging God out. You got to stop edging God out. It's not all about you. You didn't do anything in and of yourselves. If the Lord had not been on your side, if he had not been with you. So just tell him thank you, even if you don't see it. Lord, I thank you. Bless the name of the Lord. A large part of our discipline as people of God is giving thanks for our blessings. And this is it right here. Even though it may appear that God is on vacation, and I heard that this week when we were watching on the news, you know, when the lady said that, and we were talking about the wildfires out there in California and homes were being, the thousands of homes, people lost everything they had and all, and they had the camera stuck right in her face, and she said, well, I just think that God is on vacation. Even though it may appear that God is on vacation and has put his cell phone on do not disturb. Like we used to say at the old church, just stick a pin in this. 
Isaiah chapter 59, verse 1. And I'm going to tell you what we're going to stick a pin in here. Isaiah chapter 59 and verse 1. Hallelujah. If you can get it, Isaiah chapter 59 and verse 1. Hallelujah. Here it is. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened, that it cannot save, neither his ear heavy, that it cannot hear. So I love the message Bible of this. It says, look, listen, God's arm is not amputated. He can still save. God's ears are not stopped up. He can still hear, and his hand is never paralyzed. Uh, Pastor Dora and I, we were, we were sitting down, I guess we were eating yesterday or maybe the day before, no, no, it was probably yesterday. What day did we have all broccoli and all that stuff? Was that yesterday, the day before, whenever we were having dinner? All right, and it, it, it just, it, it, it kind of equates with what I'm going to say. I heard a man that was, uh, and, and his wife who were about, a man and a wife who were on a strict diet, they sat down at the table for a meatless meal. It was all steamed green vegetables. And so the man, he looked at what was before him and he looked at his wife and said, honey, you say the blessing. Because if I thank the Lord for this, I know that he'll know I'm lying. <laughs> so when you sit down at the Thanksgiving table on this, this Thursday, and you see that beautiful feast and that beautiful bounty that's been prepared for you, don't forget to tell the Lord thank you. Don't forget to give him thanks for that bounty that he's placed before you. Don't be like the man who didn't want to tell the Lord thank you. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. The will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Psalm 92 and 1 says, It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord and to sing praises unto thy name, O Most High. Yes. So here we are in this week coming up. This is Thanksgiving week, and it's a week that's even been sanctioned by our government. But there is a divinely scheduled Thanksgiving day within next week. Does anybody know when it is? <laughs> Survey says. Yes, thank you very much. Survey says it's every day. It's today and it's tomorrow and the day after and the day after that and the day after that and the next day after that and the next day after that and the day after that and the day after that. It's every day that ends with the letter Y is Thanksgiving Day, people of God. The American Dictionary of the English Language, 1828 by Noah Webster defines Thanksgiving as the act of rendering gratitude for favors or mercies and rendering thanks for good that has been received. Thinking about Daniel. Uh, Daniel chapter 6 verse 20 says that Daniel was on his knees three times a day. 
and he was praying and giving thanks to God. So every day was thanksgiving for Daniel, and it should be for all of us as well. The Bible says in Colossians chapter 3, verse 15, it says, and be thankful. Romans chapter 1, verse 21 says, because that when they knew God, they go... That when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful. How can you not know God and, 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 and fail to thank him and not be thankful for the things that you would? But there are a whole lot of people of God, a whole lot of saints of God that won't thank him even though they say they know him. And then I question their knowing him as their Lord and Savior. Or is he just there? I can get out of this predicament, God. Oh, God, yeah, oh, yeah, I know him. He's my fire insurance provider. He's the one that's going to keep me out of Gehenna on that great and faithful day. That was in Romans chapter 1, verse 21. It says, neither were they thankful, but became vain in their indignations, and their foolish hearts were darkened. We got to get out of self. Again, put our egos aside. Get out of our vain imaginations. And remember, it, everything that we have comes from and is from God. So again, let me draw your attention back to verse 14 here of Psalm 50. Again, it says, offer to God thanksgiving. But even in all of that, just even maybe right now, that, that at times all of us can be so easily focused on what we don't have that we lose sight of what we do have. But when we offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving, we're training our eyes. We're training our eyes to see the blessings that we've taken for granted or even overlooked in our lives. So this is the spiritual challenge that all of us await, uh, uh, all of us, as we are in this Thanksgiving season. Yes. Will we learn to see the blessings that we've overlooked in our lives? Mother Pearl Washington used to sing a song at the old church. It was always real high-pitched, way up high. What's the highest voice, contralto or something like that? It's not soprano, but there's one above that. And she would sing, count your blessings. And she'd start out way up in the clouds somewhere and take it higher. And she would sing that song, and she would, and everybody, and oh, Lord have mercy. And it was just a song, thank, it was just a song. But when she stopped, I don't believe I was the only one in there making that sacrifice of thanksgiving to God. Thank you, God. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Even some people of God are envious of what other people have. But you know what I found out? We don't need to be envious or, or even, even, even jealous, if you will, of the things that somebody else has. Because if you want what somebody else has, think about this. What God gave him, he may want to do even exceeding and abundantly above for you. But if he gave you what they had, you'd be living beneath your privileges. 
Some of us are even frustrated to the point where we haven't achieved more success. But you know what? We don't even need to worry and be concerned about those things. So many folk are just so, so focused on what they've lost or what they lack in their lives that they fail to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. So, what does God really want from you? What does he really want from me? Here it is in a nutshell. God just wants us to acknowledge his goodness all day long. All day long. When you're driving in your car, that means instead of complaining about the traffic, thank the Lord that you're alive and that your car works and that it can get you where you need to be. And it can get you back from where you need to be. We were out late last night and I just happened to look over and I saw somebody. It was you know, pretty late in the evening. It was really cold and we were coming out of the store and I looked over. I saw the AAA truck over there trying to get somebody started in another shopping center across from where we were. I said, Lord have mercy. As cold as it is out there. So thank God for what you have. Worship him in everything. Offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. Make a sacrifice of thanksgiving, people of God. Look for the blessings of God on your life on a daily basis. See the ones you've missed, but thank God for the ones that he has in store for you. Appreciate those, those, those blessings that you've dismissed from your attention. Yeah. yeah, that's what I got, but that's not really what I wanted. Don't dismiss it. Don't be so cavalier. Thank God for his blessings. And then look. I mean really look for the goodness of God that surrounds your life every day. There but for the grace of God go I. Thank him. Closing with this scripture here. Hebrews chapter 13. Verse 15 through 16. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually, that is, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name, but to do good and to communicate, forget not. With such sacrifices, God is well pleased. Our offering to God should be acceptable to him. When we just think back to verse 14 of chapter 50 there in Psalms, our offering to God should be a thankful heart. A thankful heart. And being appreciative for what he's done. So then in fact, our worship is not about giving God something that he needs. Because he already told them in there, he said, you know, the earth is mine. He said, the cattle on the thousand hills belong to me. All of it belongs to me. Yes. Nor is it about fulfilling rituals and, and, and duties that God imposes and the things that he wants us to do. Our worship is about our relationship with God. Yes. Because really, he created us for a relationship with him. He has showered his love and his grace on all of us. He has redeemed us from sin 
And he's given us that glorious privilege of being able to have fellowship with him on a daily basis. He cares for us daily and he provides everything that we need. In all of that being said, we should offer that sacrifice to him because we love him. Tell him thank you because you love him. God wants us to worship him. With thankful hearts that overflow with the spirit of gratitude for all that he's done for us. I will praise the name of God with a song and will magnify him with thanksgiving. This also shall please the Lord because it is better than an ox or a bullock that hath horns and hoofs. Come on, let's stand to our feet, people of God. To believe in God means learning how to give thanks to him. And that first proof for us is being able to count our blessings one by one and make that sacrifice of praise to him on this morning. Yes. So you don't have to wait until Thursday as you gather around the table to give him thanks. But I believe today ends in a why. And so that means we can give him thanksgiving today for what he did yesterday, for what he's doing now, and for what he's going to do in the future. God has been good to us and he has been worthy of all of our praises. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you would like to support this ministry, consider giving online. Text keyword RWOLFC to 77977 or through our free app. Search RWOLFC in the App Store. For more information, visit www.rwolfc.com for articles, blog posts, message references, and our monthly calendar of events.